my Govan, and welcome to the Tolkien Lore Channel. I'm the Tolkien Geek, and it is Hobbit Day 2021, which means I and the other Tolkien YouTubers in the group have decided to once again do a collab playlist. We don't really have a super specific theme for this year's uh, playlist, but they all are going to be doing something for Hobbit Day, and you should definitely check out all the videos from all the different creators. The playlist will be linked in the description below so you can check out all of them at your leisure. My video for this year is on very specific hobbits, namely Bilbo, Frodo, and Sam, the three ring bearers. And particularly, I want to look at how adventure changed all three of them. Not necessarily the possession of the ring, how that changed them, because... Sam really didn't possess the ring long enough for it to change him, and Bilbo, even though he possessed it a really long time, most of the change that it caused in him is not really important for any real story purposes. So I'm not really looking at how the ring changed them, I'm looking at how their respective adventures changed them. So I'm going to start with Bilbo, and then move to Frodo, and then Sam, and I think by the end, we're going to find that there's some interesting comparisons to make. So let's take a look. So with Bilbo, the interesting thing about his character arc, of course, is that he starts off very much in a Baggins-ish kind of mode. He doesn't really like the idea of adventures. He doesn't like the idea of uninvited tea party guests. He's very much against anything that's unexpected or out of the way, even though apparently, based on Gandalf's memory, he used to be not quite so Baggins-ish as all that. And the narrator does also tell us that he does have just a little bit of took in him hiding, waiting to come out. And what happens over the course of his adventure is that this tookish side of him becomes more and more prominent. And while he will continually revert back to the idea of thinking of his old life at Bag End and the comforts of home and things like this... Less and less he will rely on them as merely a way of trying to escape his uncomfortable surroundings. And more and more he will come to recognize and appreciate the real value of the things that he already kind of valued as a Baggins, but didn't understand their true value because he didn't understand enough about the wider world. And this plays into another aspect. His Tookish side grows and becomes so much more prominent that by the time we meet him again in The Lord of the Rings, he is ready for another adventure. He wants to go see mountains again. He wants to be part of the wider world again. He, as according to The Lord of the Rings, frequently visits elves, and the other hobbits find this strange, and who would do that? And, you know, he writes poetry, which all the other hobbits are like, please, not more poetry. So Bilbo has very much changed after his adventure to the point that he is very much more aware of the world outside and likes some of the things in the outside world, but also still appreciates a lot of the things in his own life. And he also still recognizes that while he may be very much uh, you know, able to enjoy things in the wider world, he still maintains something like Mary's you know, sense of it's best to love first what you're fitted to love and you have to have some roots... Because at the end of The Hobbit, when, you know, he's being told by Gandalf that surely you don't believe this was all managed by mere luck for your sole benefit. You're a very fine person, Mr. Baggins, but after all, you're only a small person in a wide world. And Bilbo says, thank goodness. 
So Bilbo, even though he very much comes by the point we get to, you know, the the long-expected party in The Lord of the Rings, he is ready for a change. He is not ready for a change merely because adventure is so much better than the quiet life. That's really not it. I mean, there's there's more to it than that. And his perspective is a lot more balanced. He is no mere homebody who just knows nothing else and therefore just settles for his existence. He really enjoys his home life precisely because he has had other experiences. Frodo, by contrast, starts off almost in the same way that Bilbo ends, except with Frodo, it's a little undeveloped because Frodo on the one hand, after Bilbo leaves, has his own thoughts of following Bilbo. And, you know, he already has had some introduction to elves and the elvish language because Bilbo's taught him and had him, you know, along. But he's also still kind of tied to the Shire. He still doesn't really want to leave it. We get this line where, you know, part of his mind is like, one day maybe I'll go that way, and then the other part of his mind is, but not today. So, Frodo kind of already has a lot of the same things that Bilbo ends up with, presumably because they were imparted by Frodo. He finds a lot of the hobbits of the Shire stupid and foolish, but when the thought comes of the Dark Lord coming to retrieve his ring and reducing the Shire to ash and enslaving its inhabitants, you know, even though he had just pronounced the fact that, you know, maybe an invasion of dragons would be good for them, He also recognizes that he would probably rather have the Shire just safe behind, and even though he's afraid to go into exile, he would rather go into exile, take the burden on himself to keep the Shire safe, because even though he may find some of its inhabitants too stupid for words, he still loves it, and it's a thing that is very much a part of him. Over the course of his adventure, he actually begins somewhat more actively than Bilbo. Bilbo was kind of just landed in some spots early on where he just kind of by accident managed to do things. Frodo takes sort of an active role, even though he doesn't necessarily do it particularly well, but he has to rescue his friends uh, from the Barrow White. He has to rescue them from Old Man Willow. He has the moment in the Mines of Moria where he actually stabs the foot of the troll with Sting. There's various points where he begins off kind of active, but over the course of the story, as he becomes more and more worn down by the ring and just the the task itself, you know, just the journey, he becomes more and more passive, at least seemingly passive. But he's also growing in moral character, because whereas he started his journey more or less in fear and, you know, saying, it's a pity Bilbo didn't kill Gollum when he had the chance... You know, Gandalf reprimands him and said it was pity that stayed his hand. And then when he finally meets Gollum himself, he also comes to realize that Gollum is pitiable and maybe deserves some pity and and nobody deserves mercy by definition, but he shows him mercy. And that mercy ends up becoming a really key point of the story because without that mercy, the quest never would have been completed. And over time, he comes to embody that more and more, and when it finally comes down to the scouring of the Shire, he takes a backseat role, acting mainly as a restraint on the other hobbits to prevent them from doing anything that they probably would regret later, like, you know, killing the men who were in the Shire, and showing mercy to Saruman, even, you know, at the at the very end of it. 
But after all of this, and after he's returned home and everything is more or less back to normal, he is no longer in a condition to enjoy the things of the Shire in the way that Bilbo was. And while he still loves it, he says to Sam, the Shire has been saved, but not for me. He is too wounded, too broken down by his adventures, too tired, and he needs healing. And ultimately, that's kind of what he sees in his future is, you know, I need to find rest and healing. And that is why he will eventually sail into the West with Gandalf and Elrond and Galadriel. Sam doesn't end up sailing West until much later in life because he didn't have anything like the trials and tribulations that Frodo did. And so in a weird way, Frodo's character arc I mean, not character arc, really, but his the, the way that the adventure impacts him is almost the reverse of Bilbo's. Because whereas Bilbo ends up with an appreciation for both the outside world and the home of the Shire, Frodo starts out with that, but eventually becomes more or less just a homebody who just wants to stay where he is, and, well, not stay where he is because the Shire hasn't been saved for him, but to, to just rest and just enjoy what he can, which is, you know, in Middle-earth, unfortunately, he can't get. So it's not exactly the reverse of Bilbo's, but it certainly is in the opposite trajectory. So that's a really interesting contrast. But now let's look at Sam. Sam is the only one of the three ring bearers who really starts with no seeming particular opinion on the idea of adventures in general. Uh, he takes a lot of the adventures in stride in a sense in that he is very much a practical thinker. He's always thinking about like how much food do we have left? We, why don't we have a rope? You know, I mean, things like that. He's constantly thinking of how do we make this work on a practical level? He is very much in love with the idea of elves but he also will say things like, you know, they're kind of above my likes or dislikes. You know, they're just, they're just different. Um, and so Sam has a very different approach to the entire thing in that Bilbo initially started off, who wants adventures? Frodo was kind of enchanted with the idea of adventures. Sam, he's enchanted with the idea of elves, but not necessarily adventures. So he starts off kind of just ambivalent. On the, whole, on the whole topic of adventuring. But over the course of the story, you know, he, he meets a lot of things in his adventures that, you know, he thinks are just really great. You know, I mean, he's, he's in awe at Tom Bombadil, and he even says, you know, we'll probably go a long way before we find anything stranger or better. And when he meets, you know, Oliphants in the woods of Athelion, he's like, oh, that's awesome! Because it's like a thing out of Shire legend that he didn't even know was real. And there it is. And over the course of the adventure, he sees a lot of these things, but none of them ever really seem to affect his view on the outside world in particular, or adventuring in general, or anything like that. He finds a lot of places and meets a lot of people that he finds interesting and good and, and wondrous in their own right, but that never really seems to have the impact on him that it has on Bilbo from The Hobbit. This ends up playing into the end because the main change that happens to Sam over the course of the adventure is that he becomes his own person. He is no longer just Frodo's servant or, you know, whatever. He is very much his own person, and that's 
really important because when Frodo has to leave at the end, Frodo tells him, you'll have to be one and whole for many years, and you cannot always be torn in two. Now, if Sam had not learned how to do you know, things on his own over the course of the adventure, would he have been able to step into that role? Maybe not. But as a result, what does he end up doing? When he comes back to the Shire, he basically rejuvenates it with the gift that was given to him by Galadriel. He ends up becoming the mayor multiple times. And by the end of it, Sam has effectively just become the ideal hobbit. He is accepted by all of his countrymen, unlike Bilbo, who was considered queer after his adventure. Everybody was like, that dude's a weirdo. Like, what, what's up with Bilbo? And Frodo was considered odd, you know, before he left because, you know, he'd been raised by Bilbo and queerness gets passed on, I suppose. Uh, because, I mean, they're both into elves and things like that. And why would you do that if you're a hobbit? That's strange. So this... This idea of the other hobbits that Bilbo and Frodo were queer never seems to apply to Sam. It just doesn't work. He just ends up being well-loved and his uh, station in life vastly improves, whereas before he had been just a gardener. Now he becomes mayor multiple times, and you know he's still as solid as ever. He appreciates all these things that he's seen, but it doesn't really change who he is in the way that it changes who Bilbo is. You know, he still very much thinks highly of elves, and, you know, he has visitors from, you know, Aragorn comes and visits, you know, basically not in the Shire because he forbids men to enter the the borders, but he will come to the north and Sam will visit, and, you know, he still has all this, but for some reason Sam's total nature is so unchanged in that sense, that the rest of the hobbits are perfectly willing to accept him as the mayor even, and, you know, he becomes a much more well-regarded person than he ever was. And unlike Frodo, who had to give up the Shire, which was such a big part of his identity, Sam, you know, in becoming mayor, becomes a bigger part of the Shire than he ever was before, and he, by, you know, planting all the trees and everything else that he does, you know, he is almost like the 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 godfather of the rejuvenated Shire after the scouring. So Sam is, like I said, almost like the perfect quintessential hobbit by the end of it, which he always kind of was. He was a gardener. Hobbits grow things. I mean, they're just simple folk who do simple things, and Sam was always that way. The only difference is, after the adventure... Now he's in a position where people actually look up to him and vote him in as mayor multiple times over the course of his life. So it's a really interesting kind of amalgamation of both Bilbo and Frodo, but also a contrast with both of them, because he doesn't become weird in the way that Bilbo does, and he doesn't he doesn't lose so much of himself in the way that Frodo does, but he gains a lot of the things that both Frodo and and Bilbo do gain the appreciation for the outside world, understanding things better than he did before, you know, growing as a person. You know, his growth as a person is not the same as Frodo's growth as a person or Bilbo's, but it it kind of mirrors both of their tracks because it is, you know, he has to become a bigger version of himself over the course of it. But in becoming that, he remains steadfastly Samwise Gamgee throughout. 
And it's really interesting to see that in comparison to Bilbo and Frodo, because Bilbo and Frodo both change drastically. Bilbo, you know, not as much as Frodo in the sense that Frodo is literally wounded and poisoned and all these things that make his life, you know, really just not livable in a practical sense. But Bilbo still changes so much that the rest of the Shire's like, I don't know what's up with that guy. Uh, although, of course, he does have friends like the gaffer thinks he's a very nice guy and very much appreciates how polite he is and all that. But most of the, you know, regular hobbits are just like, he's kind of strange. So it's really interesting to see that comparison, how Sam changes in a lot of really important ways, but he never stops just being a hobbit. And that, I think, really is kind of why Tolkien reflected that Sam was the chief hero of the story. Because at the end of the day, Sam is kind of like what we should all be. We should all be able to grow without losing who we are. You know, Bilbo grew and changed, but not necessarily all of the changes were for the better in some ways. Because Bilbo, you know, didn't really fit in his own environment anymore after a while. And there's nothing inherently wrong with that, because Bilbo can just kind of move off to Rivendell, where he's perfectly well accepted by society, as opposed to the Shire, where he's kind of not. But Sam, he still fits into his own society. And, you know, unlike Frodo and Bilbo. So Sam is kind of like the perfect ideal of growing and becoming a better person over time, but never really losing the essence of who you are. So I hope you enjoyed that video on how adventure changed the ring bearers. And if you've got any additional thoughts on this topic, I'd love to hear your comments, but also don't forget to check out that playlist in the description for all the other YouTubers who are doing videos for our playlist for Hobbit Day. Have a great Hobbit Day yourself. Let me know if you're doing anything really cool for Hobbit Day. And of course, I'll keep putting out content like this. Be back on my regular Monday schedule next week. In the meantime, you can follow me on Twitter at JRRTLore and get some occasional Tolkien-related trivia questions. If you like the video, please give it a thumbs up and share it around. Hit that subscribe button and the bell icon to get all the notifications for all my videos. And of course, you can find me on Rumble and Odyssey and catch podcast versions of these as well. And you can find me on Patreon if you'd like to support. Until the next time, I am the Tolkien Geek, signing out for the Tolkien Lore channel. Namadier.